But yet Barabbas, with all of his sins and with all of his murders, he was allowed to go free. He went free. He became that scapegoat that represented the sins that Jesus would have to take away. Guys, today we're going to be talking about the scapegoat mentioned here in Leviticus chapter 16 and how that applies in the New Testament to Jesus. So sit back, grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea and enjoy today's episode. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries Podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the podcast that brings you the Bible consistently every single weekday to show the relatability of the Bible in the modern day. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host here and we are moving into one of the most important parts of Leviticus, which is Leviticus chapter 16. And all of this is talking about the Day of Atonement. So nowadays, the Day of Atonement is actually considered to be Yom Kippur. And I believe it's celebrated every single September. And this is still a tradition that Jewish people do to this day is Yom Kippur. And here in Leviticus, everything was pointing to this day. So we've we've seen so far all the rules that the priests had to go through with the sacrifices and with everything else. We saw how two of the priests didn't do what God wanted them to do. That was Nadab and Abihu. And they got consumed before God because they didn't do the right thing. And that was God showing the priests, you are not above me. You need to do the right thing. So then after that, we see a few laws for ordinary people, or in other words, people who are not priests. And these were the food laws. These were the leprosy laws and just different various laws like that. Now is the Day of Atonement, the most important day of the year, I would say, next to Passover. The Day of Atonement was as big as Passover because this was the day where the priest would heal the entire nation of Israel from their sins. Because we're already seeing that the law cannot be followed perfectly. You know, a lot of people nowadays like to say, oh, thank God we're not living in the Old Testament law. And we say that because the Old Testament law is showing us our shortcomings basically everywhere. It's constantly showing us what we are doing wrong and why we can't get into heaven on our own. That's literally the point of the law and why people nowadays are just like, oh, thank God we don't live under the Old Testament law. Because if we did, we would be doing stuff wrong 
constantly, which is why, of course, Jesus had to come. But the law's purpose was to show us our shortcomings so that we could accept a savior and realize that we literally cannot follow the law on our own. We, we just can't do it. But the Day of Atonement was critical for law followers, for Old Testament law followers, because as the Old Testament law showed people where their shortcomings were, you know, people hopefully would realize that they couldn't follow the law on their own. And even things that they didn't even know they were doing that were was causing them to grow further apart from God. It was this day, this day of atonement that would bring these people back to God in a sense You know, this would cover sins that uh, people didn't know they were doing. This would cover uh, ceremonially unclean things, uh, basically kind of everything. So the Day of Atonement was extremely important so that people could get back to God and start trying again, start following the law again as best as they could until the next year when the next Day of Atonement came and the priests would do this all over again and the people once again would be fully cleansed of all these sins that they either knew they were doing or didn't know they were doing. And then once again, the cycle would continue until Jesus came to earth and did away with all that. He became the ultimate sacrifice for us. And now we live under grace and God invites us in to have a personal connection with him. So let's read Leviticus 16, 1 through 10. And today I'm actually going to be reading out of the Living Bible Translation. And I don't often switch away from the W-E-B, but I like the way the Living Bible Translation talks about the scapegoat, which is what we're going to talk about today. So grab your Bibles in whatever version you prefer to read out of and your cup of coffee and sit back, relax as I read this to you. After Aaron's two sons died before the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Warn your brother Aaron not to enter into the holy place behind the veil, where the ark and the place of mercy are, just whenever he wants. The penalty for intrusion is death. For I myself am present in the cloud above the place of mercy. Here are the conditions for his entering there. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He must bathe himself and put on the sacred linen coat, shorts, belt, and turban. The people of Israel shall then bring him two male goats for their sin offering and a ram for their burnt offering. For he shall present to the Lord the young bull as a sin offering for himself, making atonement for himself and his family. Then he shall bring the two goats before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle to cast lots to determine which is the Lord's and which is to be sent away. The goat allotted to the Lord shall then be sacrificed by Aaron as a sin offering. The other goat shall be kept alive and placed before the Lord. The rite of atonement shall be performed over it, and it shall then be sent out into the desert as a scapegoat. So it's interesting that it doesn't specifically say when God spoke this to Moses, but it does say it was sometime after Aaron's two sons had died before the Lord. So you remember that Nadab and Abihu, who were two priests and very, very early priests, like they were still probably going through like this whole consecration ceremony that they had to do, or at least it was right after that, where they presented the strange fire before God. Many people think they could have been drunk. Many people think that they went into the most holy place, which they were not supposed to go into. 
and just in general, it was a disrespectful act before God. They were not uh, respecting what God had told them to do because one thing God had said was never to offer your own fire because God's fire was actually going to light every single instrument inside of the tent of meeting. So when they lit the incense, the priests were supposed to go and get God's fire, fire that God literally lit himself and probably his presence was in. In fact, it could have been part of his Holy Spirit was inside that fire because we often see fire and God in the same sentence, (laughs) especially here in the early parts of Uh, Exodus and Leviticus. So Nadab and Abihu disobeyed that command to go get God's fire and instead lit their own fire and performed this disrespectful act before God in whatever way it looked like. But whatever it was, it was disrespectful. Uh, Nadab and Abihu knew they were being disrespectful and still did it. And even Aaron kept silent because I believe he knew that his sons had done something wrong when uh, God's fire consumed his two sons. So it says at some point after that, God speaks to Moses and says, warn your brother Aaron. So warn him not to enter into the holy place behind the veil where the ark and the place of mercy are whenever he wants. So he says, warn Aaron not to go into the holy place except for once a year. On the Day of Atonement is the only time Aaron, the high priest, was allowed to go into the most holy place. It was only on this day, Day of Atonement, which we'll find out later on. God says to uh, to do this day, I think it was every fall, and now it's done in the month of September, I'm pretty sure. But God says that this was the only time Aaron, the high priest, was allowed to go into the most holy place. And this was only for the high priest because Aaron was the only high priest and his sons were just priests. His sons could go into the temple, but never, ever, ever were they allowed to go into the most holy place reserved only for Aaron on a certain day of the year. And God warns Moses even harsher. He says the penalty if Aaron goes into the most holy place is death. So don't do it. And see, because he says here, this is his explanation for this. God says, For I myself am present in the cloud above the place of mercy. So you remember the mercy seat? God's presence was literally sitting on that. Because you remember this temple was supposed to be God's home. This was a home God was going to live in and have the priests basically be there and take care of everything and do this stuff. But God was living inside the most holy place. So he wanted to dwell In other words, live with all of his people, which was the point of the temple in the beginning. But precautions had to be in place because God is so powerful. He's so great. And we see this because whenever God appears to people, they don't want him. They get scared. They fall down on their faces. They get freaked out. They can't handle God's presence. And they're just like, we're going to die. We're going to die if we see God. We can't handle it. This includes you and me. Like, We are so below God, we could never handle God's presence. We just can't do it. God is like the sun. The closer you get to the sun, you're going to burn up. But yet the sun is good that we need the sun. The sun warms us. It gives us life. But we can't get too close to the sun. We can't even look at the sun. We'll go blind. God is very similar in that same way. And that's not my own words. I I got that off of um, the Bible project when they explained God. (laughs) 
<laughs> the Bible Project explained it so well by describing God as the sun and that we, we can't get too close to the sun. And that's a really logical way for me to understand God's presence. It's just we can't get close to it. God's presence is good. It's life-giving. It's wonderful. He blesses people when his presence is near them. But people are so below God that if you just like walk into his presence or disrespect him, you'll get consumed by his presence the same way Nadab and Abihu did. So after this whole warning he gives to Aaron, he continues on. God says, here are the conditions for entering into the most holy place. And so he says he has to bring the young bull for a sin offering. So you remember several chapters ago, we talked about the young bull. Whenever a priest sinned, willingly or unwillingly, the way he could be cleansed of his sins was by offering a young bull. Because without blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That is clearly stated in the Bible. So the priest had to offer the bull for his sins. And a bull is a much bigger animal. So the weight of the sins of the priest was heavier because he was the leader of his people. He was the spiritual leader, the intercessor for his people, the bridge between God and man. So his sins had some weight behind them because as a leader, you have to lead people the right way. And if a priest is going around sinning, that's obviously not leading people well in the right way. So a priest's sins were heavier almost than the ordinary person's sins. So the priest had to offer a bull, like a large bull when he sinned. So on the day of atonement, God says that Aaron is supposed to offer a bull for himself, whether or not he thinks he sinned. Because <laughs> God's probably like, yeah, you probably did something that uh, <laughs> you don't even realize you did. So you're going to offer that bull because you have to be cleansed of your sin before you can cleanse the other people of their sins. So that's the first thing that needs to be done. Now, during all this, Aaron is supposed to wear all the sacred items that the people back in Exodus made, you know, the turban, the beautiful linen, the ephod, like everything, the belt, everything that uh, the people made. He was supposed to wear when he did this. And so then he was supposed to sacrifice the bull for himself. And in verse six, it says, for he shall present to the Lord the young bull as a sin offering for himself, making atonement for himself and for his family. So actually it was not just for him, but it was also for his family. One bull for the priest and for his family. And I actually wonder if this included his two sons as well, the two priests that were left. And then in verse seven, it says, then he shall bring the two goats before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. So this is where we get this whole thing of the scapegoat, or in other words, the escape goat. One goat literally escapes. Now, we don't know how Aaron would cast lots to decide which goat was allowed to get away, but a lot of people think it was the uh, two stones that he had in the ephod. Remember, I talked about those a while back. One was black, one was white. One meant yes, one meant no. And so Aaron would like pull out one of the stones, and if it was a yes stone, then maybe that goat got, uh, you know, put into the wilderness or something. And I'm not exactly sure how they did this, but either way, lots were cast. So the goat would be decided on by a flip of the coin, if that makes sense. So one goat would go off into the wilderness and a man would have to go 
and uh, a designated man would have to go and lead the goat off into the wilderness. And this goat that was escaping the punishment or the, the sacrifice, this goat represented the sinfulness of Israel, I believe. This was, this is kind of my takeaway from it. You know, Israel with all of their sins was escaping judgment because of God's grace and God's mercy. They were escaping the punishment of dying in their sins the way the other goat would have to die, the sacrificial goat. But the scapegoat represented Israel and everything like that. And one thing that Andrew Rappaport said last week on Wednesday, he said that when Jesus and Barabbas were standing there in front of Pilate, Barabbas became the scapegoat because the people chose Barabbas to not die. And Jesus became the sacrificial lamb that took away the sins of everybody. But yet Barabbas, with all of his sins and with all of his murders, he was allowed to go free. He went free. He became that scapegoat that represented the sins that Jesus would have to take away. And I never even thought of that before. Like how absurdly fantastic is that? That even something like this, this scapegoat that we read about in Leviticus 16, Jesus fulfilled every single aspect of the Old Testament law sacrifices in every single way. Even with the scapegoat, Jesus became the sacrifice that took away the sins of all the people and Barabbas was atoned. In other words, he was set free. And that is what it says here in verse 10. The right of atonement shall be performed over the scapegoat and it shall be sent out into the desert. So friends, in a way, you and I are almost like the scapegoats. We were given a chance at freedom where Jesus took the ultimate penalty for us. He became that sacrifice that died in our place so that you and I could go free. Faithful listeners, don't forget to enter the giveaway for a free copy of Out of the Mire Devotional and also a free Lion of Judah tea. I'm going to be giving those items away to two people. So go and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to jen at p40ministries.com. That is jen with two N's at p40ministries.com. Dot com. But friends, you know, share this episode. Let people know that P40 Ministries exists. Continue to share, continue to rate and review, not just for the giveaway, but because that is an excellent way to show people that P40 Ministries exists. Because every single time you rate and review a podcast, it gets bumped up on that platform and it gets shown to more people. It's an excellent and kind of weird way to evangelize to others. But friends and faith listeners, just have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Happy listening and God bless.